What up, what up, what up? It's your boy Herb, and I have a few new people hanging with me today. I'm going to allow them to introduce themselves in their own way. Go ahead and introduce yourself to the people. Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Danielle Joseph Brown. I'm an insurance broker, and I've been able to try to help as many people as I can with the different options to know what is best for you. So definitely be able to welcome aboard and being able to meet the founder of the Foundation for the Cancer Society. Chris Brown. Uh, I call myself Chris Brown because it tickles people, and I always tell them you can really say you met Chris Brown before. <laughs> But that's who I am, and I am the founder of Eye of Infinity. Uh, the thought process of how we became Eye of Infinity has been, you know, a traveling road up to this point. So that's that's me. Amen. So, Chris, I've been knowing you for a while. You know, I met you back in Cover the Glen at, mm-hmm. in Missouri City, Texas. I, I, they call it the Mo. You know, I'm from the north side, but yeah. you know, that Mo is the Mo. You know, I ain't gonna hate on the Mo. In fact, I had some of my greatest times of my life living in uh, Missouri City. Nah, I know. And uh, I can say this much uh, I've seen you working in the church, doing a lot of things, yeah. always in the mix. And I wanted to bring you on the show so you could tell your story. You know, I can't tell it like you. So I want you to start from the beginning. Where are you from? And tell the people, you know, a little bit about your life. Uh, all right. Well, I was born and raised in Houston, Texas. Uh, we stayed here maybe about a year, and then we were off to Louisiana, the Lake Charles. And, so, uh, so wait, you was born in H. Time, yeah. and then... You moved to Lake Charles, but where were you born? What was your neighborhood you was born in? You know, we all about neighborhoods. GI, Texas, Houston, Texas. I'm talking about the neighborhood, though. What was the neighborhood that you grew up? What is GI? (laughs) That's Harm Clark, man. I I don't know what GI is. Oh, that's why you don't know the South. (laughs) I don't know the South. So you a pretty boy. Pretty boys be at Harm Clark. That's what what they tell us. That's where the pretty boys that's not the truth. That's not. I wasn't a pretty boy. I'm not a pretty boy at all. So you was born at Hard Clock, though. Oh well. Yeah. Where the slabs come out? It's the, the slab kings. Yeah. A yeah. lot of the slab kings. Yeah. 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 Well, what's the guy's name? It was a guy. That from Harm Clock that they say was the slab king uh, back in the day. Oh, uh, I can't think I can't of his name right his now. Name. Got to be more careful. I can't think of his name. I'm gonna think of his name, and we gonna talk about him. But yeah. but he, uh, I I watched a few interviews with him, uh, and my boy uh, Harvey Love. He is yeah, from Harvey Harvey Love. Club, yeah, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. So, uh, good friend of mine. But he used to uh, go sit in while he recording and stuff over there. Yeah, he and he's still putting it down to this really? day. Yeah, he's still putting wow. it down. In fact, uh, keep keep going on with your story. So you we went from Harm Clock. To Lake Charles, Louisiana We stayed there a short while Because my dad worked at a Greyhound uh, Bus station So, you know, he went where the job Took him, you know, for the moment So we went there for a little while And then we came back I guess around about 
from what I know, I was around six or so. Okay. We were back in Houston, and uh, we were living in Spring Branch. Okay. And uh, that was a kind of rough time over there growing up in Spring Branch because, you know, back in the early 80s, you know, you know, being of color, yeah, it was a little different there. You know? Right, because that was mostly where white people stayed yeah. at Spring Branch at that time. Yeah, it was like they didn't uh, accept us well, you know. Right. But right. I had, I, I, our family, we had no issues with that because, you know, they burned crosses in my grandmother's yard before while wow. my family was there. So it's a... Uh, you know, it's just another way some people try to psychologically uh, put fear in you. In your now, now, how old are you? I'm 46. 46? You're not that much older than me, and you witnessed crosses being burnt in your grandmother's yard? Yeah, in Louisiana and Whiteville. Wow. Wow, now that is a story. How did you feel as a, as a kid seeing this happen? Hmm. Just wondering, you know, why they doing it, you know, and the family was trying to keep us from not seeing it, but you could see it, you know what I'm saying? Trying to hurl us into one, corral us into one area like cattle in one room, so we can't see what's going on. But you know, children, we know how to find a way to see. You gonna see? (laughs) Children knows it. Absolutely knows it. So, and uh, it just kind of, you know, I'm, I'm not. I'm not a person that don't respect people of other color. You know, everybody has their own ethnicity and, you know, where their background is from, you know. You're just just like I was saying, I'm from Harm Clark. Harm Clark, you know, he, you were right. You know, that was Slab City. Right, right. You know what I mean? Everybody had a slab. I had a slab. He had a slab. They had a slab. It was just that was the way the neighborhood was, and you know, from that between those two times, because I skipped over, but between those two times, we uh, ended up back in Louisiana, man. After my mom uh, had done something silly, uh, we were traveling one day to visit our grandparents, and we were passing South Park on 610, and my mama pointed at an area and said, I don't know how them people live in there. And it wasn't less than two months we were out of Spring Branch and living in South Park. Wow. You know, so it was like a complete change, you know, atmosphere, you know. Absolutely, because you went from from well-to-do to living back in the hood. Well, not well, back, but well, in, in the, the hood. hood now. Yeah, know? in yeah, the hood. Basically. So that was a culture shock for you? Not really, you know, because, you know, I'm an open person. You so know, you was able to adapt. They are. Yeah, I'm very adaptable. I like to think of myself, you know, like a, a lizard, you know. I can blend in anywhere. Blend in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You 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 can deal with your surroundings. So how was it living in South Park? Now you 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 went from Spring Branch in the well-to-do neighborhood. Now you're in South Park. So just being a kid, a normal kid, jumping through trees, climbing them, you know, 
shooting marbles. That was one of the things we grew up doing. Yeah, shooting marbles. Was <laughs> I was never that good at shooting marbles. I can tell you right now. Yeah. I could never I could never do jacks. I could never really do none of that. You know what I mean? So but I could do sports. That was my thing. I, I when when we got into the sports, we got into the sports real good in the neighborhood. So I'm sure you did that in the neighborhood as well. Always, you know, always. high ball and different things oh, like heck that. Yeah, man. That yeah. was like the that's that's the best times of our lives, I would think. Yeah, yeah. Back then, you know, when we get a little cold and a little rain. I love to hit somebody and they slide across the ground. Right, right, right. <laughs> they get and then, <laughs> right, and then at the same time, you didn't have to pay no bills. Oh, for sure. You know, we as as adults now, we didn't realize how good we had at just being able to just live somewhere and not pay bills. <laughs> really, not have really. to worry about what really. you're gonna eat and none of that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, I think. Right now, children in this society are so spoiled. They get everything. Well, you know, it was back in the time. We, if you wanted to go to McDonald's, Mama be like, "I'm gonna make you a McDonald's burger." You know, yeah. and that was gonna be a hamburger patty with two pieces of light bread. Yeah. That's what we called them back then, that light the bread. Yeah. And put and listen, you ain't have no hamburger you know, bun. You know, tomatoes and stuff yes. like that. None of that kind of stuff. You know, you had what you had, and I mean, I I didn't think personally because we was poor so i don't think i got mcdonald's to one time i went on a field trip with the school and it made me sick when i had it wow. you know that was i had a big mac for the first time i had to be probably about 12 years old and that big mac made me sick mm. i still never eat big macs to this day period <laughs> <laughs> but uh so you you went from spring branch to south park what shape you in, in in that moment? Because there are experiences that shape us as individuals. Mm -hmm. How did coming from Louisiana, well, Harm Clark, Louisiana, Spring Branch, then going to uh, South Park, seemed like you moved around a little bit. So yeah, we, how we did. did that affect you? And how did that shape you to be the person you are today? Well... It gave me a chance to learn how to make friends pretty fast. You know, I was a guy that everybody wanted to play with me. You know, I was a risk taker. You know, they loved to see me take a risk. You know, so and I and I love to do it. You know, you know. So you saying? gonna get out like, there? Wow, that's what you man. Saying. You know what I'm saying? I used to go 102. <laughs> now I've heard people say 100 miles per hour. This man said 102. I'm so not, you used to be all out there, all full blast. Out, you know what I'm saying? Every sport, everything. You know, I ran into a car once uh, to catch a baseball moving car coming down the street. I didn't see it. You know, but I was focused on catching the baseball, you know, so just bam into the car. <laughs> but I wow. still kept the ball in my hand and everybody wow. was like, what happened, dude? You okay? And I was like, I still got the ball, y'all out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. So in that in that light, after that, you know, you, you was a risk taker. You was out there. People like to hang out with you. Now, what did that cause you to do more and more in your life? Because, you know, when I, I know when I was coming up, 
which this show is based on, hanging with her. People used to like to hang out with me. Yeah. They used to come yeah. to the crib. We used to get into all kinds of trouble. I was selling weed at the crib, all kinds of stuff going on. <laughs> and, and, and based on now that I know that I'm older, I would really do a lot of stuff based on who pe- I thought people wanted me to be. Yeah, and also to, uh, you know, really to have some type of fulfillment for myself, feeling like I was the man, you mm-hmm, know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And now I, I really mean, I know that that don't really mean nothing, nothing. you know what I mean? Yeah, because yeah. when I went to jail, none of them people was around. Yes. Nobody was there for me. The only person I can say I had for the most part that was constant was my mother. Really? And that was it. That was you know it. what I mean? She was that person. So what I ask you is, what did you learn from your time mm-hmm. being that guy that everybody want to hang out with and taking risks? Because the people who take risks, they oftentimes have to pay for taking the risk too. Yes, I paid. I paid. For being a risk taker, you know, because uh, you know, at, at at one point in time, there we left South Park and moved to Louisiana. The whole family went to Louisiana. You know, uh, my parents were like uh, separating, and we didn't we didn't know it. You know what I'm saying? So, my brother, my mother, and I, we moved to Louisiana. My dad was here working, doing his thing, and paying his bills like he's supposed to, you know, being a father. But, you know, I think that was a pivotal point in my life where things had uh, changed, you know. I kind of, I guess I became bad, you know what I'm saying? What we like to call bad, okay? <laughs> and, and when you say bad, what what was some of the things you was getting into? Man, you... You wouldn't believe it, man. Guns at the school, in middle school, drugs, you know, just any and everything, you know. Hanging out with the wrong crowd, you know. Drinking 40 ounces. I remember we used to do something. 40 ounces. They used to call it rupturing a 40 ounce. They rubbed the writing on the bottom of the 40 ounce and hit it. And you drink it and it, it goes down your throat, partner. You know what I'm saying? Man, listen. It's like no other. Let me tell you something. I tried to drink 40s one time in my life. And that was when... You know, Minister Society was out back Aww. then. And you would see old dog, them drinking the 40s. So I'm like, man, I'm going to give me a 40 ounce OE, man. I'm going to give me, man. My friend, I had a friend. His name was Rodney. I'll never forget it. Rodney went in the store. We were too young to get mm-hmm. 40s at that time. Rodney went in the store, went to the back to that liquor, grabbed two 40 ounces, and ran out the store. <laughs> and so we got back to the apartments. And we drank in his 40s. Man, that was the nastiest thing to me really, ever. Really. I could not. I could still to this day, I never drink beer. I cannot drink beer. That was something that I could never do. But you you, you chugging these 40 ounces. Yeah, well, I was younger. You know, you know, adole- you know adole- very young adolescent. You know, 11, 12, 13 years old. You know, 
thinking I'm the coolest thing on the block. You know, you know, I seen the older crowd do it. I said, hell, I can do that too. You, you know? was cool though because you was a kid doing it. I was a kid doing it. So that was that was a little cool back then. I mean, you know, in, in its own way. In its own way. In its own way, but not in the correct way. Not in the correct not way. Not in the correct way. But the other kids seeing you like. Oh, we want to see how you get that. Oh, so yeah, they, want, they wanted a buzz. So now too. you influencing others. Oh, did I? It wasn't, a, you know what I'm saying? That that's man, that's that's a whoa. <laughs> you know, I always wanted to be a leader. I didn't want to follow nobody. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm straight anarchy, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Give hell what you talking about. I'm make my own set of rules, you know what I'm saying? You play by my rules or we not you can't come to the circle, you know. I remember times when I used to run a, a kids home when they wanted to come play football or basketball in the neighborhood with the rest of the crowd. Be like, you know, you have to take a butt whooping if you want to play. You have to fight me first before right, you want right. to play. Or and if you don't fight me, I'm gonna run you home and beat you up while I'm running you home because I know you're scary. You know what I'm saying? But it was, you know, we had that that toughness in the neighborhood where right, everybody trying right. to make everybody a little tougher because, you know, back then, you know, the neighborhood circle was if we go to the to the gym all together and we have a fight. We need to know you can fight. we all need to know that you can <laughs> yeah, fight. Yeah, yeah, Just yeah. period, that you're not going to yeah. run from the fight, yeah, bro. You yeah. know that? And that's how it was. You know, we used to box on the side of the house. You know what I'm saying? Splitting eyes and all that. But that was the days when people fought. Now these youngsters pulling guns. Yeah, you know we things. we didn't pull guns like that. It had to be very. It had to be like somebody's gonna kill you for you to do something yeah, like that. I agree. But for the most part, everybody back then just fought it out. You just fought it out. It and was a knuckle thing. So I see that you bought your wife with you here today. Oh yeah, I brought my support. Your support. This is my yes. beautiful support here that's been keeping me uh, up on my feet the way I am, you know. Amen. Amen. Now, I, I, I have to ask, how did y'all meet? Through a friend of mine, actually. <laughs> that's how we actually met. And since then. So she was like, I'm going to hook you up. No, she wasn't like that <laughs> now. No, no, she didn't push it. But uh, she definitely just be able to, to introduce us. And after that, we kind of just talked and kicked it on our own. I introduced, I loved his personality. He was a very honest and genuine person from up front. So it's definitely something that I was able to just click and be able to relate to. Just like how you are right now, just being able to explore the things up in his past. Right. His past is a little different than mine, definitely. But even from me being from South Park, I'm live strongly and happy okay, okay so i do know south park was Corey blunt mm. with the slabs yeah. back then hey let me so, get comfortable with you and explain uh, to so you about talk, the tell us about your tell now. us your tell us your story <laughs> go ahead well i'm gonna I'm go ahead and be able to explain my uncle was definitely a big influence of me with it my uncle he had what's your uncle's name his name is gaston jr okay rest his peace uh, but definitely, even around that time for him, he had all the slabs. He had the Delta 88s. He had the long beat cars of the Crown Victorias. I mean, all <laughs> of them had 
rims back then and it wasn't elbows but they were rims and a loudest bass that he had that you had to turn down in front of the church when you went past by it okay <laughs> he would be banging it out and he was a great now you said host. something people had respect back then yeah yes. you see what i'm saying people don't have respect anymore mm-hmm. That's how everybody do. You know, if you had your little secular music on, you would turn that off mm-hmm. passing by the church. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You wouldn't pull up at the church jamming your yeah. secular music. Nowadays, man, they just pull up, you know, and, and, and nobody has respect. But keep going. Keep going. Oh, well, definitely. You're right. And it was just a, a way with him, even with respect. He was a really big guy. But he wasn't the type that would just uh, bully the community or anything like that. He just wasn't going to let nothing come about with you. And uh, with, he was around more when he was within, within you all time. And he pretty much banged it out and went ahead and, you know, high class with the, with the lights then and things like that. Got involved with the police and things. Lived a normal life. But at the end of that day, now, like I said, he is in rest in peace. And it's, it's a, it's a, life is so different compared to back then, how we would look at being able to see all of the people come together and all the people hanging out and people with 40 ounces and people that would just hang out on the corners. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna interrupt and do like uh, in the church. I wanna, <laughs> I wanna chime in on that. You still hadn't told them about your slab. Well, I wasn't. She was a slab writer. <laughs> yeah, we wanna know about that. See, oh, don't yeah, be trying to be shy. Don't don't writer. leave it no, out. No, no, no. Cause yeah. I lived my life and I learned from it too. I did. Oh, I, oh he was yeah. such an influence that I got my slab. Oh, I had a Buick. Yeah. So what kind of slab did you have? Yeah, I had the <laughs> Buick. I had Buick even written at the bottom of the car. Okay. I had the bass in the trunk that would completely bang out as well. I had to try to outdo my uncle. I mean. <laughs> Lady Slab, brother. What kind of rims? What kind of rims? Now, those, I didn't, I, I couldn't do good with them because that was at the beginning when elbows was just coming out. Right, right. And I put some elbows on that thing and I messed them things up. Okay, that just really? wasn't a good thing for me to drive with. You didn't know how to ride <laughs> the I say, oh no, let me just go ahead and put that back. I, I shined enough without him, so I was good. <laughs> hey man, all right, good deal. So you ended up in South Park. What high school did you go to in South Park, or did you oh. go to high school in South Park? I didn't actually. I was uh, I, I was zoned to Jones, Jesse Jones High School. Uh huh. But I was actually picked up from Chavez that was just building uh-huh. brand new in the area well it wasn't in the area it was outside uh, closer to Pasadena area so you went to Chavez I was recruited with the essays I was recruited yeah. yes basically I was recruited exactly they had an AP program that was just being able to start off for advanced courses and going towards college courses so definitely it, it so. had a rich so how was it being at Chavez with my Latino brothers and sisters? Ooh, it's a totally different world compared to where you're at home with brothers and sisters. I can definitely <laughs> tell you that. It was like every day you're learning something new. Right. It was definitely still an experience of growth. Uh, but 
Either way it go, I look at it now. I'm like, my Facebook has elementary, middle school, high school. <laughs> I mean, it, college and so far on, everybody grows still on a different journey, on a different mm-hmm. way. Everybody mm-hmm. sees life right, a whole right. lot differently. I Hey, it's about time now. We got to learn how to put ourselves out there in a new way. So you went Did to you? college. Which college? Lamar University. You went to Lamar. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. In Beaumont. Mm-hmm. All right. How was that experience? Now, that was definitely different from out here, too. <laughs> I am you, sure. Beaumont de- is different. It's quiet. It's very much more quiet. I mean, and it's definitely like it, was, uh, it wasn't city as a, a city rated with Houston, but it was still a city, but you had to. You had to go a far distance to catch a bus to go to the Walmart then, you know? So, <laughs> so it's almost like you're in the country. Basically. For the most part. Mm-hmm. All right, so both of you all are here to talk about your foundation. Tell us how this foundation came about. It came about because uh, I was diagnosed with uh, cancer uh, like September 14th, uh, 2014, 2019 at a Paraland Medical. Uh, I, I hadn't, I wasn't feeling well at work. About two weeks, I'm tired. Can't produce at work. Co-workers were talking to her about it, you know, like on the side. When she wait, wait, me was up. she your boss? No, she was, she would she pick was me working up. She would, no, she would pick me up from work in the oh, evening okay. times, you know okay. what I'm saying? So, and you know, sometimes I'm late coming out of the building. And they would, you know, stress their concern to her about me getting tired, that I'm I'm not the same person out there working. So uh, one morning I wasn't feeling the best, and uh, I couldn't stop throwing up. You know, it had, been, it had been really, really consistent, you know, for about three, four hours, you know. And she called the, uh, she called, I don't know who she called, but they told must have told her to take me to the doctor. You know what I'm saying? And I, I got dressed finally and thought I was going to work. And she passed work right on by and went straight to Paraland because, you know, it was the closest place to us. And so after that, they they uh, admitted me there. And from there, it was, it was different, you know, the whole thought process of, uh, of life, you know, because, you know, it wasn't just cancer. You know, it was... Uh, cancer that was gonna kill me well right. in less than two weeks wow so I you know I didn't know I truly didn't know what to do but you know as they say you cry I cried out to God and I asked him not to do you know not to take me right so because yeah. you know I love my family they have, they've always been there for me, you know. So he, about, I guess two days, three days went by. He discharged me from the hospital and told me to go see a specialist at a Herman, I think, Herman Memorial Hospital out on 45 South. And immediately when he saw my x-rays, he said, I'm going to be honest, you really don't have a chance. So if you hurt, just go to the emergency room at MD Anderson. So that's what I did. You know, I, the next night, I just went on over to MD Anderson, and you know, they really, really took care of me. You know? 
let me let me cut you and tell the tell the people right now how important it is to take care of your health and take care of your body. You can go to the doctors and know about things from before to be able to prevent things from going so bad. Chris was a problem where he didn't go to the doctor. He was pretty much just doing on his regular self every day, and it caught up at the end of the day. So we were like really to the end, like it literally looked like there was no option for him. I mean, there was no solutions for it. Once he was diagnosed with being able to find out that he had cancer, the doctors didn't know what to be able to do with him. They had to refer him different places. They got him to a point that he they just didn't know about any of the information. There was no studies about it. There, there pretty much was not even a person that fully went through the whole entire process that he has went through when it came towards having this kind of diagnosis. It's one out of a million. So we pretty much was open to a book with nothing in it. No insurance, you know what I'm saying? You know, trying our best to pay the bills at the house. You know, I'm in the hospital. She at home by herself trying to still get the kids up in the morning and doing all of those things by herself, you know what I'm saying, and and stressing about me, her grandfather and Methodist across the way from Herman, I mean from uh, MD Anderson, uh, going through cancer as well, you know what I mean, so it was a lot on her, and I felt that weight, you know, the weight of, 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 uh, I felt like, I feel, yeah, I felt like uh, I've been pretty good at keeping the family up. I still try to, you know, you know, visit my family, you know, because it, that's, you know, that's the best thing about life is to have family, right. whether they really your family or they just community family. Right. You know what right. I'm saying? And it, that's that's like where the foundation has kind of based our thought process because that diagnosis I told her when if I live through this I told her everyone if I live through this I'm gonna serve God I'm gonna Amen. do what God Amen. wants me to do right but I didn't know what it was but being in that hospital for months it kind of gave me a chance to uh reflect on myself and some of the things that I've done because they called the doctor that was out of retirement from dealing with these type of cancers, you know what I'm saying? It's called pseudomyeloma of the peritoneal. Uh, I didn't say it in the beginning, but it's short for PMP, you know, if you look it up. And uh, it's where your appendix uh, ruptures and it kind of pollutes the stomach lining and, well, erodes your stomach lining and it gets on on the organs and i had a, i had a total of about 21 tumors and one was the size of a volleyball you know so it was like i was just swelling up you know my family thought i was on dope you know what i'm saying because in my past you know i parted had gotten a little high too you know what i mean but they was just like he's on drugs and she's standing up for me saying oh that man i take him to work and pick him up no that can't be you know what i mean but in that hospital i think that's when the family had to come to grips with reality of 
Yeah, he is that sick. Everybody right, right. get diagnosed with that. Everybody, hmm. including all the way from myself to the kids, and even additional family. Everyone had to adapt to it. Everyone had to change. And you don't know on how families are really affected by this process. Families don't know how to be able to really look in towards and accept what it is coming along because it can look at you as, a, as it can look like a burden. Right, it can look right. like something that you're dragging like some, some major bags right now. Right. But that is not the way to be able to look at it. It's a different approach of being able to accept life in a different manner. God is showing you a different way to be able to have self-care and to take care of yourself. That now, hey, even for his sad story of what he had going on from the cancer, there is no sign of the cancer now. Even from after the surgery, he is to a point that he is moving around. I mean, just as strong and happy and willing. He, he's even to a point now that he started doing yoga with wow. him. Exactly. I mean, his body is strengthening back up. He said he wanted to be a bionic man, and long as he the kept that. Cancer man. Bionic cancer yeah, man. Bionic cancer man. I want to put me something right here. It's like once he put that in his heart, once he put that in his mind, that's what kept him alive and wow. going. We're talking about from a sentence of two weeks three to five years to now hey it is completely past that now we're with in a stage of remission with it wow have no source of being able to understand it if it, if it mm-hmm. rolls back it becomes back no we but now we don't know what to we accept with, with the it. future yeah. we keep god's his plan open for us but definitely from the way that he can open the doors and show the way for us it's, it's been a miracle to be able to see So I want to point out one thing that you said, I think that we owe it to the listeners to understand is that you said you need to get regular checkups. Yes. Black men. Oh, all men need because men in general don't like to go to the hospital or to the doctor. Exactly. Um, But a lot of times it's the insurance side of things don't hurt. But but a lot of people have it. Okay, so for instance, I had insurance for a long time and I still Uh wouldn't go to the doctor. Wow. I was paying. Wow. It was coming out of my check. I wasn't going to the doctor until I turned 40. COVID hit that's when I found out I had high blood pressure okay and I found that out because I'm trying to go make sure my teeth look good you know I'm trying to look pretty you know I'm trying to get my teeth clean I go to get my teeth clean I ain't going to the regular doctor now mm-hmm. I'm going to the dentist all right, all right, all right. and the dentist says do you have high blood pressure I'm like nah she was like well your blood pressure a little high I'm gonna work on you this time but we're gonna check out check you out cause you gotta come back next week and I was like, all right, came back next week for my treatment on my teeth. And uh, she's like, your blood pressure's still high. She was like, you, I'm going to see you in two weeks. Now, if your blood pressure is high, I can't work on you. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I went back, and my blood pressure was still high. Wow. And she was like, you can't come back until you go see your physician. And the craziest part is, I ain't even have a regular physician. No primary care, huh? I didn't have a primary care. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, uh, back at Covenant Glen, right? You remember them? I I was 
I drove fast. You uh-huh, know, the motorcycles. Uh-huh. Yes, the sir. You know, I did stuff. I worked on cars and I didn't fell off of and tore them up too. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and never had an insurance at that time. You know, my son, CJ had to bandage me up. You know what I'm wow. saying? When I split myself from a motorcycle fall. Wow. And it's, it's crazy that. And I've you never went up. to the hospital. I've gotten up from every motorcycle wow. uh, incident I had. Wow. The last wow. one kind of put set in stone a mindset where I was, I was all, it made me say I'm done with them. Because uh, I called myself, uh, me and a, uh, a white guy, a friend of mine, right? We we used to ride together hard, right? We like Beltway bandits, you know? we take the Beltway late nights and just run. And if any cop pick us up, we wanted him. You know what I'm saying? So y'all gonna run him. We gonna run him, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> On the beltway, right? So one day, he and I, we bet each other uh, uh, coming uh, somewhere coming over Hammerly. Who can ride the longest Willie? So boom, we pops up. We ride the Willie. He comes down around 59. He uh he puts his motorcycle down, you know. So technically, I've already beat him, right? But, you know, you know me. I'm going to take it a little further. I'm going 102. 102. Still going 102, right? He gets off the uh, exit. And it's some great warehouses over to your right side. I don't know if you know it when you cross 59 on that Belfort. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Man, a lady pulled out of there in front of me. And I didn't have rear brakes on the bike because, wow. you know, I'm I was you know hunting in two, so right. I didn't have rear brakes. I was I'm kamikaze, you know what I'm saying? So boom, I try to downshift it to make the motorcycle come down first. So it slammed down, and I hit her in the rear, and floof, right into the back of her when my head went wow. in my shoulders. And she's wow. screaming. I say, what you screaming for? I'm the one in the window. Wow. You know, oh, I crawled wow. out of the window bloody and bleeding. Wow. You know what I'm saying? And my motorcycle was still running. I jumped on it and took off. He and I. Oh. Wow. Just everybody in traffic. Just, I'm oh. just sure it had, you know. For that you know, lady that was definitely, out, hopefully right. she got clothes or washing this. Yeah, man. I, 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 came off, I came off at around 140. Wow. And slid for the long. And you live. Yeah, I got it. That means God definitely has he a plan. Had, had a plan. Me, had a plan oh. for me, man. So the foundation. Uh, talk a little bit about that and, and, and what does the foundation do and how can we get connected to the foundation to help? Uh, where is it at? Is it on Facebook? You have a website? What? Uh, we have a website right now. What's the uh, website? Uh, ayaofinfinity.org. Okay. Uh, and of course, you can just type in Aya of Infinity Nonprofit 346. Two four two five three nine seven, and I'm gonna get to what we do. Focus on uh, the terminally ill, whether it's cancer or whatever type of disease that goes along with you being terminally ill, as well as palliative care. And uh, because we found out there was no resources once we got past the medical center. Wow. So. 
we experienced it. You know, we were experiencing it while I was writing, just writing the grant. We experiencing it. You know, I'm writing a grant, a book, trying to tell my life story because I just want to get it off my chest a little bit. You right, know what I right. mean? Before I die. You know what I'm saying? I know some crazy. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, I just want yeah. to get it off my chest sometimes, right? But uh it was it was it was hard, you know, because we were just, we struggling when, when I come out of that hospital, bro. It's like, we really struggling. It's, and it's, it's hard, you know, and you see your family changing, you know, around you. And, you know, you don't know what it is because you're changing, you know, and most of their change is because of you. you. Yeah. You know, and, and the reality of knowing that, you know what I mean, and, and seeing them hurt you know because she goes through a lot with me I have really really rough mornings and I'll get up and I'll be really really nauseated you know and crying and man it's like the pain that I go through and and it's just it was just so important to me that I said we're gonna help people because we see where we struggled at financially because of this and we realize there is no help to help us when we needed that help for for that there was no help there's no sources no resources i no mean resources you'd be surprised that we were even watching members. joe biden get on tv Talking and he cash. was saying that he wants to go and invest in towards those sources because we don't have nothing wow. like that for families but listen he's only but they were only focusing on uh, let me not be political I'm not even going to mention it. They were no. focused, you, to me, my opinion, they were focused on uh, the the big ticket of breast cancer. Uh, you know, those other diseases. Right, right, right. right. Oh. But the one that's rare, they didn't want to look or invest. I kept saying, I know. I'm like, the if I'm the rarest case, look like somebody want to, you know, see me. But but with that, it was, it was that, that went through the house. And she kept expressing to me, you need to tell everybody everything because, you know, you, you're going through a lot. And I was telling her, you need to record me in the restroom for the documentary and all of this because everybody So did y'all record that know. stuff? No, I don't have to, I don't have to. The no. stomach guts for her to be able to do it she at that moment. Want if to I see, see like you that. like that right. in that right. time right now, that's not about that so, time. It's so I want to ask you this: How important was it to have the support of your wife at that time? Oh man, her. That's like, that's like you know your kickstand. You know, you're on your bike. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to fall. You know, she keep me standing up on. That upright side, you know, right. and I'm, when I'm ready to go down, she ready to push me up, you know. Right. And 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 it's I feel like it's all given to me. It was you know given by the grace of God because I prayed for a wife. You know, I've been married once before, so and this is my second marriage. And I said I know what I did wrong the first time. Right. I didn't learn from that. Right, right, right. I'm gonna make sure this time I'm gonna be different, right? right and I have right. given her my all, and she has given her all to me, man. And it's, I feel so bad sometimes when I can't help 
get things done and she's frustrated, you know, because there's so much to do in a home. Right, right. Cleaning up, you know what I mean? And it's just learning us, learning right. the disease, how to live with the disease. And there you can you can call and find uh mental health for me as a terminally ill person but my son or my wife or my uncle or whoever that's, that's dealing with right. the diagnosis because like she said before she said it better than anybody could say it the family's got the diagnosis too right so right. you know they they going through it too right. you know what i mean right. Right. they don't have any place for them to go so and my question to you is as a wife how did you make it through those hard times? And what kept you going to be on this side where you at right now? It definitely is a journey. It definitely still is a journey that I don't know what it is. I don't know what to expect. But my faith keeps me going. Amen. My faith keeps me crawling. I don't know what it is that I'm here to do for him still, even for just to be able to do my serving or to be able to be towards my husband. But either way it goes, I'm going to do what I can and will and able to be able to do so. Amen. So God gave you the strength yes. to push through. And let me say, um, looking at you on this side, man, you look amazing. Yeah, yeah. a lot to, of people to, say to that. To still, listen, you look good. You, oh, you walking it. good, talking it. good. Really man, you know, it. some people go through what you went through, man, and they don't come out they don't know. like you, brother. And I want to go talk to those people that's going through things because, you know, the time, it's time to live. When you get, a, when you get that diagnosis, that's the time to live. Wait a minute. Let, let me back that's it up for right you there. one minute, that's okay? time to start Because living. this is to a point now that even from him being released from the hospital, they put him on hospice. Do you know hospice is releasing him right now? They are telling him right now, hey, you are doing that good right now. That's something that even that you see, you can see it for yourself right in front of your face, but it don't look like that on paper. It really My don't. My goodness, man. I preached a sermon called Hope on Hospice mm. about three <laughs> weeks ago, and you are a living picture of that. I, I would like it. to I would like to hear it. Man, I, like I will send it to you. Uh, we have it, and I will send it to you, and I want you to check it out because okay. what I was trying to tell people was it don't matter what your situation look like, mm -hmm. there's still hope. Yes. Like, long as you don't give up, and what I hear in this story that you have given us today is that you never gave up. And you said you cried out to God, and God heard your cry. And, and the doctors told you you had two weeks. And that was in 2019. We in 2023. Mm -hmm. Doc, that is a miracle. Yeah. And yeah. I thank you for uh, sharing your story with us and uh, bringing your support system. Because, you know, it's always great to have a wife that's supportive. I knew a man... When he got cancer, he lost his wife, wow. he lost his house, he lost his cars, mm. and ultimately, he survived. Yeah. And he came up. 
Mm-hmm. But he lost everything. But he lost everything. Mm-hmm. We just talked about Job this Sunday. We we talked about Job this Sunday and how Job went through everything mm-hmm. he went through. He lost everything. Mm-hmm. He lost his health. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But on the other side, he got a double portion. Amen. So we looking forward to God to work through you more. And you I can see that you are willing to speak to people. Um and I am sure there's some type of outreach that we can put together to where, you know, there are people that's going through that may be in hospice and, and going through different situations where we can go out there and you can be the voice well, helping people. I want I I uh I of infinity is there. I, yeah, I was gonna. That's what she stole the words right out of my mouth. I of infinity. That's our main focus, you know. And if you look at the Aya Fern, you know, it describes me as well. It's uh, resilience and resourcefulness. Amen. <laughs> so what we're gonna do is, however we can help here on the show, whether that's of doing you some commercials or something to promote that. That would really help. That we can really do it. Yeah, uh, that would really I look help. forward to doing that with you. And uh, we just want to help you get out there more. And another thing, excuse me for interrupting. No, you're fine. Her with the insurance, she, she's going to be able to help those children or those family members with insurance for the year that they are part of the program. You know what I'm Amen. saying? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. That's, the, that's our, because kid, you know, a lot of kids can't get to the doctor, too. You know. So talk about that, oh, what yeah, you do with insurance. Let me go ahead and be able to tell you, because exactly like I was saying before, I was reading the scripture this morning, and it said with the first Peter, with your grief is where you will be able to learn from the bounties, where you learn through with your genuineness of faith. And so, therefore, I wanted to be able to move that forward and give that a big open opportunity for not just for Chris, but including, like, people that were just like my uncle that didn't go to the doctor. Right. You go to the doctor now. You take care of yourself. It's self-love. Self-love, yeah. Taking care of yourself because you don't know that even though you're going through so much, you mean so much to your family. When things go down, you don't know what what the person next to them are going to be able to experience. And that's just a journey right now that I really had to turn into a positive thing. So I became a broker to be able to help with people with all different types of insurance, all ages. I mean, even including from Medicare to Medicaid, all ages, including even just discount programs so that you make sure you start to go to the doctor. It was, it was, and it's even through this process or through this journey that you learn that the things that you put inside of the mouth, the things that you eat, is what helps you, it would control your body. That's how you end up getting things like high blood pressure. And you can catch those type of things beforehand to be able to help the families a whole lot more. So there's, I want people really to know that there are resources, there's opportunities, and there's times where even though they are breaking down crying, there's there's a way to be able to get out of it. So how can they get in contact with you 
if they look into uh, find out about the insurance program. Well, oh, definitely. I'm available uh, on Facebook, Instagram, and then there's also within the website as well at a y a o f i n f i n t y dot org that will be able to help you with eye of infinity dot org to go directly towards the source amen and get in contact yeah. with us exactly get in contact with her you know through there. that's it's just to know about there. the options but even then hey pastor you said something right on the mark on being able to partner up and making sure that we can yeah. be able to connect to the because, people because yeah, truthfully right now at this moment you know uh everything that she and i have put into it we aya we, Aya of Infinity, I'm talking about whoever's coming in the future, whoever will be there in the past, you know what I'm saying, to just enjoy what we have to offer, man, because we promote, a, 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 you know, a, a healthy lifestyle, you know what I'm saying, the things that you can cut out, you know, I've cut, cut out a lot of pain medication through, uh, holistic healing you know amen. Uh, amen. she's been really helping me with the yoga and different things prayer and meditation you know I even picked up Dr. Sebi's little book about all his little ingredients to man I, I can't even picture man. you doing yoga man I, I you doing <laughs> yoga now man I listen yeah. man listen I know that's yeah. a blessing right there cause I can't even picture yeah. you yeah. you went from the motorcycle to doing yoga yeah Man, that's amazing. Turned his life completely around. Uh, man, we sit outside and we we had a squirrel. Well, I don't know. It was two or three of them. They, I threw an apple piece one morning, and he came up. He was over a tree, and he was going. He was making a sound, his little squirrel sound, right? He wanted to, you know, let me know I want that. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking back to the squirrel. She and I, she like, you crazy, right? We took off to walk the dog, and we came back, and the little piece of apple was gone, right? So the next day, I started cutting apple slices. I wanted to see how in touch we could get with nature. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Man, the squirrel started coming up every morning. Wow. Come and get his slice of apple wow. or two and take wow. it. You know what I mean? And it's like, man, God has blessed me to have a porch where I could just listen to the birds like crazy. I get to see the moon, the stars, man. It's like. And so that was stuff that you really didn't pay attention that, to I when never you was moving fast, doing your thing. Never saw it. But, 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 but God allowed you to see the beauty sure in did. his creation. He sure did. And I thank wow. him for it. Because, you know, when I was doing what I want, my mother died in my arms when I was, I think, 17 years old, right? And uh, as an adolescent, I, I, I did something, I would say, really, really dumb, you know? I, uh, I told the devil he could have me because the God I serve wouldn't do that to me. And I was like, F you, God. And a, you know, angry as an adolescent, I'm being real. I didn't know how to express my feelings, right? So along with this, I wanted to grow my finances, you know, selling drugs. It, it grew. And then when I said I didn't want to be involved, I started seeing the effects of it. 
that's when the devil started throwing jail and all kinds of things your direction, you know what I mean? And when it takes you, you when, when, when you know you've been down at the bottom, you know, because after I was divorced, I slept in a Walmart parking lot with a shattered driver's side window. Wow. Because I didn't have anywhere to go, but... I would I would go to my dad's house in the morning when his wife leaves to go shower and get myself back spiffy because I didn't want anybody to know, you know, my predicament that I had put myself into. So back to her when I called out and asked God for a wife that would love me for who I am and not for my past transgressions. Right, right. And he gave it to me. You know what I'm saying? Wow. He really did. And that's like, there would be no Aya of infinity if she wouldn't have just kept on pushing at me, pushing at me, you know? What you doing? Aren't you supposed to be writing? She was like, take it as a job, you know? A lady actually took it and finished it and sent it all for us for pro bono. Man, this is an amazing story. I think this is probably the deepest show so far. We are four shows in, um, and um, I want to thank you for coming by to hang out and bringing your wife um, for this to be a testament of what God can really do in mm-hmm. someone's mm-hmm. life. And I believe that this story is going to help a lot of people because it's some it people that's going through this right now and they don't know and they're going to be able to connect to you all and you all will be able to help them with some resources yeah that's right. and, and, and we need honestly I'm, I'm going to make it quick and short you know, I don't know people hate to hear somebody ask for money oh, talk, talk about it I hate to I hate to ask for money but I, I would like to say are you concerned about other people's lives to help make their lives better and offer a donation to those people? You know what I mean? Because it's all about them. You know what I'm saying? It's it, We've been spending our own finances to make getting it. to getting to where we are. You know what I'm saying? And, and we, we had a... Uh, we, we were... We met a lady in Walmart here. We talking. She and I had been wanting a Mercedes. We had our eyes open for a Mercedes, right? But time go on, we end up talking to this lady in Walmart about two weeks ago, right? And a white guy just walked up. He like he was just came out of the blue. Like she and I discussed it. Like we never seen him walk up, and he just had his hand out. And he says to me, he says. If you shake my hand, you're my brother. I say, well, you better hurry up and shake my hand because I already knew you were my brother, right? So he gets into conversation with us, with her and the lady, right? She, We're talking about our program that we might better help him. The lady that we met was talking about her program that she might be able to help him with, right? So back to the car thing, right? We go home, we riding that day. I say, you know, maybe God just want to make sure we have a car before we have a Mercedes. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, it was strange because she's such a supportive wife. She said, I agree. That's fine. 
we may have to go buy a cash car if we can, if we can get it, right? Man, the, the next day my son called me about a vehicle. And the guy donated it to the foundation, man. Wow. Well, that's not even the problem. The, the, the part that really is the intriguing part about that story was that those people that we did not know up in Walmart, yeah. this lady that we were talking to said that she started a nonprofit foundation off of a man that she met in a situation of him. This man was in this Walmart parking lot sleeping in the same Walmart that he that I slept in. That he slept in. He was wow. in his car. We had no idea. We had no, I mean, literally no idea. We went home that day and the lady called us back and said, I found a place for him to be able to stay if you can go ahead and let him get there. I swear we had just a few dollars up in our wallet, but I gave him everything that we had to be able to make sure he made it to his journey. His journey from where we were in Missouri City is somewhere right over here. Right here. She sent him somewhere on Jensen. Sent him way over here, over here on Jensen. This little place down the street. And here I am sitting in front of you. And I mean, really, and that man now is like, we. I said, really, even the way that he prayed when we all got together in the story, I said, he was an angel and he just don't even know it. He was wow. going through so much, and he really blessed us in the favor of him just working for him. Just, just talking to him so, was a blessing to us. The coronavirus split everybody it away. Did. It did. It and did. I mean, literally, it was just a little genius, a little kindness, a little understanding of what a person needs, and you can really help a person do so much more. Yep. And so we can go to the website to donate. Yes. 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 Just go on there. Yes. There's a donate button. Click on your donate button and, and we put follow this, the instructions. We put those references in the proceeds directly towards the families. I mean, these families need um, wheelchair accessibility when they come home from the hospital. We're not going to let them be in. We're not going to sleep well with that thought on our that head. That they can't get through their bedroom door with their wheelchair. Sure we're helping so, with the people. I have a construction, yes, man, there's a construction manager. Uh, he's going to make... Uh, Alterations and remodel homes for us as for families, the families and their bathrooms that, and yeah. kitchen I, areas. I, I even have an uncle, man. I, I'm sure that he would love to be involved with that because he does construction. He's been always helping me around the churches and everywhere I go, he always helps. That's and he's a retired guy. Yeah, and he's and he's a hard worker, so oh, I definitely yes. pass this along yeah. to him as well. Really and so, tell them that website again, because I want them to know. Right, where to it's, go. it's dot org. Okay, it is I of infinity. It is a link, but it, the name means the resource. The name means the reference of it, and that's what the purpose of the the whole foundation is about. Amen. Being Amen. resourceful and helping as many as we can, and serving. And this serving, is my. This is yes. our time to serve. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. All right. So, y'all, y'all gave a great story, man. I believe that. The people will love to hear this story. I can't wait to put this out. Um, I do this one thing before we get out of here, um, and it's called Pick Your Flavor. It's kind of a fun type of thing where you're able to 
you know uh tell the people you pick you can only pick one or the other you cannot pick both you gotta pick one and uh you don't have to give an explanation but if you'd like to that's that's fine too it's kind of so. hard to pick between tropical punch and grape okay Tropical Punch of Grape. Well, you know what? Since you put it out there, let's talk about it. Tropical Punch of Grape, then. Great. You going with the grape. I'm a grape bait. I like the tropical. You like dro- mm-hmm. tropical. Okay. All right. So the, this, this next one is um, Boys to Men or 112. Boys to Men. I'm straight 112. 112. You are the first person to ever pick 112. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Finally, huh, Herb? You got somebody. To I, I, I got, all right. Now, this one I got to ask. Jodeci or H-Town? Hmm. Jodeci. Yeah, I go with Jodeci just because they got so And y'all more. the first people to agree but, with me on Jodeci. Now, I like H-Town, but exactly. I just feel like Jodeci. They, they, took they, they wasn't yeah. so explicit. Okay? You know, yeah. even, even with that, they, to me... The voices just was that harmony was mm-hmm. it was great it was it great, was great. It acapella. Was great. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. The next one is Kevin Hart or Mike Epps. Mike Epps. I'll go with Kevin Hart on that one. I, I take Mike Epps over Kevin too. Oh, take... y'all are just as funny and laid back. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's, that's, yeah. that's exactly you know, what it is. No I problem, think, Kevin. We well, excited. I think Mike Epps is just naturally funny. Kevin seems like he tries hard. Make it. He trying to be. Hard, yeah. I think when 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 Day Day get up there, you know, what I'm saying? <laughs> he just you know, it's just like he just a regular dude mm-hmm. in the hood, yeah, just cracking yeah, yeah. jokes like we used to. You yes, know, for me, I'm up. used to dudes doing that in mm-hmm. the neighborhood. All right, now Fred Hammond or Marvin Sapp? Marvin Sapp. Yeah, Marvin Sapp. Pick Marv over Sap. Okay, okay, all right. Sap is hard, though. I give him that. Kurt Franklin or James Fortune? Kurt Franklin. Yeah, I got to find somebody else to put over Kurt because I don't think that's... too many hits. Yeah, Kurt yeah, got some yeah. hits. I got I got to find somebody else to put up against Kurt. Yeah, yeah. You all do. right, now I'm going to ask this one. Suburbs or the ghetto? You prefer to get them. You learn hard from it. Suburbs. Suburbs. All right. All right. Why you say suburbs over the ghetto? Why I say suburbs? Yeah. Uh, nature. Quietness. It's a little quiet. It's quiet in the suburbs. All right. Uh, Tupac or Biggie? Tupac. Yeah, see, Tupac. That's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. in the ghetto. Yeah, uh, Beyonce or Rihanna? Oh, that's my thing. Okay. See, that's a hard one right there. <laughs> I go with Beyonce. Do I have to answer? Because I really don't. <laughs> you don't like neither one of them. <laughs> uh, we let you pass pass. on that. We let you pass, pass. on that one. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, pass. You know, I mean. Oh, oops. <laughs> That you know, she should have stayed at home pregnant. You know, <laughs> yeah, my she should have. Yeah, but that was the best thing. You know, because I mean, halftime she didn't move that much because she was pregnant, I believe. But for the most part, the halftime show is supposed to be off the chain. Yes. Yes. You know, oh, your halftime energy. show is supposed to be. You and Beyonce did that halftime yes. show with Bruno Mars. Mm-hmm. They was yeah, off yeah, the chain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, not so much with Rihanna. You know. Yeah. Oh. All right, the next one is 
uh, minister society, minister society or boys in the hood? Minister society. I go with that one too. I like the labs. All right, all right. Uh, let's see here. The last one I'm gonna give you all is make it a good one. All right, well, I'm gonna give you two more. Make it because I, I gotta give you uh, training day or bad boys. Training day, training day. day. Y'all, y'all ain't like the bad boys. Y'all kick, kick nah, the bad boys. Commercial, they commercialized. Commercial. Okay, yeah, they right. commercialized. They, they studio. All right, online church or church in person? Church in person. There's no experience like no in person. Church in like person. No yeah, that online can get it get old after a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, I guess the last one will be Steve Harvey or Cedric the Entertainer. See it. I like Cedric. Big dude that dances. Yes, he Man, he laugh. can dance, can't he? It makes me laugh. Steve, he He's, became the motivational speaker. Yeah, but Steve. Steve. Said still the one yeah, of the I don't think Steve's that funny. Yeah. He, even, he even cuss. He don't know how to cuss that good. Yeah, he <laughs> like Steve Harvey don't cuss good. And his voice is annoying. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I don't know about this. You know, his voice is annoying. I, Steve just don't feel, to me, he's uncomfortable he's cussing. He, he just oh, can't. yeah, exactly. He just don't come off well. But he changed. That's what I'm saying. He, he changed his life. Mm-hmm. He changed his life. And he was right uh, out the ghetto too that he learned. Yeah, Steve was living in his car. Yeah. Steve was living in his car. A lot of a lot of uh good stories from uh Steve Harvey. But yeah, yeah. Uh listen, I enjoyed this this particular podcast with you all, man. I did as well. Uh we laughed, we cried, you know. The story is a is a mm-hmm. great story. I'm looking for I think you need to get the book out. If you need help with that, I can. I know a little something I about do. the book. I have it all. And, uh, if you are, you got it written already, uh, written already. Uh, man, you now we got to get it on to the typing. So we, I, I got some people I, I can introduce you to. Okay. And we gonna okay. the next time you come on, we gonna be talking about your life story. Oh and yeah, this book. I gotta yeah. tell you some good stuff, then. <laughs> yeah, amen, amen. <laughs> well, this is hanging with her. Hang with us next time.